Okay, good afternoon, everybody. We are continuing the halachot of the, we're ending the halachot of Kriyatat Torah, as well as uh, we'll try and start the ending of, um, of the Tfilat Shachrit, Ashrei, Tachnon, etc., Uvalitzion, um, and that will conclude all of the halachot that we've seen for Shacharit. So let's just jump straight into it. And that is the first topic we're going to deal with today is correcting mistakes of the Balkor. This often happens, um, and you are dealing with, on the one hand, an obligation to hear the Torah, and here you hear a mistake, and the question is, do you correct the Balkor? Um, on the other hand, and because you want the Torah to be read in a correct manner, on the other hand, you have the problem of possibly embarrassing uh, the Balkore, etc. So the truth is that this isn't such a new problem. Already the Sefer Hamanig, uh, quoted by the Tur, discusses this problem, and he says you don't need to correct the the um, the Balkore. In any event, you've been yotze your obligation. The Rambam, however, the Rambam does uh, distinguish. I'm not sure why I lost my screen. Have you lost your screen? That's weird. Ah, okay, I'm back. The Rambam says that one does have to correct the um, one does have to correct the Balkore. Uh, now, this might have a connection to the validity of a kosher Sefer Torah. And I, I highly recommend anyone who's got the Sefer, at the end of the shear, there's an article by Rabbi Jonathan Kilbert who discusses exactly this problem. And he brings the Machloket Rishonim, first of all, what invalidates a Sefer Torah. And that could have a very, very clear um, nuance on, on how we're going to Paskan Halacha in terms of correcting the Balkore. But we are now jumping to Halacha Lamaise, the Shulchan Aruch in Arachaim Kufmen Beta Mudalet. He Paskins like the Rambam. Kara betaa afilo bedikduk ot achat machzirin oto. If the Balkore made a mistake, even concerning a single letter, we make him return and re-repeat what he uh, the the word or the pasuk that he uh, uh, read incorrectly. However, the Rama, and that's basically for, uh, going according to the shift of the Rambam. The Rama argues. The Rama says the davka Not every mistake needs to be corrected according to the Rama. Only a mistake that Lichora would change the meaning. But if he made a mistake in terms of what we call today the trop, could, or even if, you know, it says, uh, it says, um, your shave and he, he read it, or oh, that's not a good example, but a tseire or a segol, a tseire and a segol, whether it's an A or an E, generally doesn't make a distinction. In fact, in Nusach Svarad, they, they don't really make a, a, both of them sound like an E. So in that case, there's no reason to, to correct according to the Ramah. 
but you take him aside afterwards and you tell him, look, you've got to practice your learning a bit better, um, etc. Now, the, the, the Mishnah Bura explains what the Shita of the Ramah is. According to the Svaridi Psak, meaning the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch, any mistake has to be corrected, which means that you don't necessarily have to be the biggest Talmud Chochem to correct the Balkare. Every time someone read something uh, incorrectly, you're allowed to shout out, go back. According to the Ramah, the Ramah says, no, you have to know, you have to figure it out. Does it change the meaning or not? And here the Mishnah Bura talks about Machzirin um, or well, let's skip to the source number 23. Meaning the, the Ramah says, if he made a mistake in trop, it's not a problem. Why did he focus on trop? Because in general, the meaning doesn't change. When he could, but even regarding the vowelization, right? If it does make a difference, Kagon, when he says, right, it's going to make a distinction, right? If he, if he uses uh, um, for certain things, for example, when you say the word, right, instead of or the opposite way around, Bechalev means Bechalevimor in the milk of his mother. But if it's Bechalev, Bechalev means the prohibited fat. Anyone who learns Shulchan Aruch, Hilchot Kashrut, and you open up the Shulchan Aruch, it often is very confusing because there's no vowels in the Shulchan Aruch. And you don't know if he's talking about Chalav or Chalev. So this is also a balkare. If he gets us wrong and he says chaleiv instead of instead of chaleiv, it, it, it means something completely different. In that case, the the uh, one should correct the balkare. Um, in such a case, you you repeat it. So according to the Ramaz Psak, Karadin, you only correct the person if the if the the meaning of the passive changes. And here the question is, okay, so, so you have to be quite an expert in Dikduk uh, to know that. Um, and at what point uh, do, you, do you think? So in certain shuls, they say, look, we're going to designate someone who knows the laws of Dikduk, who knows this opinion of the Ramah, and we'll take it and not everyone should, be, should, should shout out. That generally doesn't happen in, in, uh, in Eretz Israel. Everyone is a expert and they'll make their own decision and therefore the Valkyrie is called out by everyone in the community because everyone is an expert. Okay, the say that. But uh, there is a big difference between the Spidey Psakravi of the Shulchan Aruch and the Rama. Says a Piskei Chupot that you should know Veda Ki Asvaradima Poskim Ka'amachabir The Spidey Poskim who follow the Shulchan Aruch Noagim Lachzor Ha'af Al Ta'ud She'en Mishtanein Yan they repeat the 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 laning even if the, the the meaning doesn't change. But when it comes to what well, I think I don't know if there's another word, mikra, uh, or in English we call it the trop. There even the svarim do not uh, make the person uh, the balkore repeat. Okay, so that's an important uh, klal 
uh, as we saw, embarrassing someone is brought down as a halachic shikul, and we shouldn't just, we should be careful, especially in the Ashkenazi uh, Masara, unless it's really going to, it changes the meaning, there's no reason to embarrass the person, especially a Bami boy, etc. Okay. What about refusing an aliyah? And just to give you a, uh, a background, I was just told a story. I won't even mention which country it was, which shul it was, but a certain shul, um, a friend of mine was called up. There were 200 people in the shul. There was a, it was a simcha. There were 200 people in the shul. And they called him up for, for lady. And they called his other friend up for Rishon. And he said, but I'm not a lady. And, and the other friend who was a Rishon wasn't a coin. And they got called up. And so they went because the, the rabbi called, told them to, to go to do the Aliyah. It's a Pile Plaim, in my opinion. I, I don't know where the heter is to. Uh, uh, there were definitely Kohanim in a shul of 200. Um, and they didn't ask if there are Kohanim or they are the Levim. And uh, but in that case, are you allowed to refuse an aliyah? Why would I? Why would I want to refuse an aliyah? What's the problem with refusing an aliyah? So says the Gemara in Masechet Brachot Nun Hey. The Amar of Yuda, Shlosha Dvarim Mekatsrim Yamav Ushlotav Shel Adam. Three things uh, shorten a person's life. Mishenotnim No Sefer Torah Likrot Venokore. A person who is given a Sefer Torah to read, and he doesn't read, and also he is given a kosher bracha lebarech ben omubarech, ve'amanhig atzmo baravanut, or a person who uh, a person who conducts himself in a superior uh, um, uh, manner, pushing himself on others. Okay, so now uh, what happens is. In, in Svari communities, people would, who would get the Aliyah would also make the Bracha, right? So in Ashkenazi communities, we have a Balkore. So in the Svari communities, it's a bit harder. If you get an Aliyah, but you don't know the, the you, you don't know the lining, what do you do? On the one hand, you don't want to go up there and start making mistakes because people are going to not fulfill the obligation, whatever it is, it's not right. On the other hand, the Gemara said that a person who refuses uh, to get an aliyah, yamav. it's a bit of a, it's a nasty curse. So what do you do here? Says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachaim Kuflamateh. In places where the Minag is, and this is still indefinitely, I think, in Taimani shuls and in, in, in many Svadi shuls, the person who gets the aliyah reads, if he hasn't gone through it twice or three times, meaning if he's not, if he doesn't know the Kriyata Torah, notwithstanding what the Gemara said about it's a curse, says in that case, refused to, to, to get the Aliyah. Thank you very much, but now thank you. I haven't prepared the line. Right? But in the place where you have a, a certain Balkore, a designated Balkore, so he's the one who has to ensure that he's prepared the learning beforehand. Uh, we saw from here that Loyale says the Gemara, it says the Mishnah, what's the case 
هاینو افا پیش کرون الات یعماد دوید بن بن یشای something. Chachamim were very makbid and to the point where they bought an asmachta from a, from a verse in Eeyo. So there he saw it and he declared it, etc. and he searched it out. So they, they, they based on their pasuk that a person before he gets to, to read the Torah, he has to go through it. And based on that, one shouldn't get Dalia. So just coming back to our uh, our question, a person gets told to get an aliyah if he's uh, not a coin, I think it's clear that he should refuse, notwithstanding the curse of the Gemara. The Gemara was talking about when we see when there are other uh, uh, factors that have to be taken into consideration, halakhic factors that have to be taken into consideration, that curse doesn't apply. Okay, now, another thing is, how one actually says the bracha. So a person's been called to the uh, being being called to get an aliyah. What should one do? Okay, and now it says the Gemara, the famous Gemara in Megillah Chapala Famukbet, Hapoteach Mabarech Lepanea Bachotem Mabarech Lachare. Originally, the first person who got an aliyah would make the, the first bracha, Asher Bacharbanu, and the last person who got an aliyah would make Asher Nathan Lanu, the last, the closing bracha. But in our times, meaning already in the times of the Gemara, it had changed from the time of the Mishnah. The reason why each Ole says a bracha before and then after the The Gemara over there explains it was exerted because people that leave in the middle, they might think that there's no bracha before and there's no bracha after. And because of that, we make this club. Now, now we come to the next question. This is a very famous question. Um, and you'll see different people doing different things when they get to the Bima. And that is, when a person gets an aliyah and he's about to recite the bracha, should the Torah be open or should the Torah be closed? This is not a new argument. Let's see. You have to see where you open the Sefer The Pasuk. I close the Sefer Torah and I recite the Bracha and then I reopen the Sefer Torah and I read. That is the shita of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Poteach Ro'e Mevarech Bekore. You open the Sefer Torah, you see where you're going to read from, you make the bracha and you read. You don't close the Sefer Torah. Once you've found the pasuk where you're going to read from, you don't close the Sefer Torah. Also, Gemara, my time with the Rabbi Meir. Why close the Sefer Torah again? Explains Rabbi Meir. 
כדאולה, based on the principle of Ula, דאומר Ula, מפני מה אמרו, הקורא בתורה לא יסייע למתורגמן, why did it say that the person who is reading from the Torah cannot help the translator, that can't help him or, you know, assist him in translating, why? כדי שלא יאמרו תרגום כתוב בתורה, so that the, the, the bystander who hears will not think that the Aramaic translation is actually written in the Sefer Torah. Similarly over here, we don't want people mistakenly thinking that the brachot of the Torah are written actually in the Torah. So that's why you have to close the Sefer Torah before reciting the bracha, according to Rabbi Meir, so no one will think that you're reading from the Sefer Torah. However, Rabbi Yehuda, why did Rabbi Yehuda say, don't close it? Tirgum ike lemite brachot leika lemita. Says Rabbi Yehuda, listen, when it comes to the assisting the Aramaic translation, I get it. People might think that it's written in the Sefer Torah. But regarding the brachot, they stand the brachot. Everyone knows that they stand the brachot. You hear them every Shabbat seven times. You hear them Mondays and Thursdays. It's the same bracha. No one We've lost you. The volume's gone. So, Sorry about that. Everyone can hear me now? Could you just go back? Because missed about a minute. Yes. Thanks. Sure. Okay. So, so I want to summarize. We have a machloket between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. What a person needs to do when he gets an aliyah. According to Rabbi Meir, he... He opens the Sefer Torah. He finds where he's going to start reading from. He then closes the Sefer Torah and makes a bracha. The reason, according to Rabbi Meir, why he has to close the Sefer Torah before reading, before reciting the bracha, is because we are concerned that people are going to think that the bracha is actually part in written in the Sefer Torah and he's reading the bracha from the Sefer Torah. So in order that people don't think that, we close the Sefer Torah. Rabbi Yehuda is not concerned. Ah, the Gemara said, but we know that there is such a concern because you cannot assist the translator because we are concerned that if the Balkore starts translating it into Aramaic, people are going to think that the Aramaic is actually written in the Sefer Torah. Answers Rabbi Yehuda, there's a difference. Brachot, everyone knows you recite them seven times on Shabbat. Mondays and Thursdays, everyone realizes that they're not written every every seven times in one parasha, that the, the bracha is not written. It's, it's, it's something. However, the translation into Aramaic 
that's not repeated. So actually think that it's written in the safer to write, you read as is. The question is, what is the problem? What is the downside of closing the safer to write? And you are frozen again frozen let me try change so is it better here that better hopefully we'll find out when you start speaking let's see okay um Paskin between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Meir. So says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Zeira, Amar Rabbi Matna, Halacha, the bottom line is, Poteach, Ro'e, Mevarech, Bekore. You open the Sefer Torah, you see where you need to, uh, where you need to read from, and you make the Bracha without closing Torah. That is, as we saw, the opinion of Rabbi Yehud. There are opinions that this is actually the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So instead of saying it's opinion that we pass like Rabbi Meir because we're not sure, or Rabbi Yehuda because we're not sure who said it, the Gemara just said what halacha is. The halacha seems to be quite clear cut from the Gemara that you don't close the Sefer Torah. Let's see how we pass in halacha lamaiset. The Beit Yosef, now by the way, when we say we don't, we don't close the Sefer Torah, is that for the before bracha or even the after bracha. The Beit Yosef in Kuflametet quotes the Rambam. Vechem pasaka Rambam. That what? That you don't close the Sefer Torah. Ve'afal pichem. But never, nevertheless, even though the Rambam says when you get an idea, you don't close the Sefer Torah. Nevertheless, katar. She'la'achar she'kara. After a person has already finished the Aliyah reading, you then close the Sefer Torah and then you do make a bracha. And that's uh, the opinion of the tour as well. But the Ran uh, questions us. So now the Beit Yosef is going to explain why is it that the Rambam and the tour paskened on the one hand like what seems to be the explicitly the Gemara, that the, before the, the, you start reading, you don't close the Sefer Torah. But after you finish reading, you do close the Sefer Torah. Explains the Beit Yosef. They think, he thinks, the Rambam thinks, that the entire argument between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Meir is regarding the opening bracha. According to Rabbi Meir, you have to close it again before reciting the bracha because we're worried about people going to think. But it is a problem of tircha milta. In the time, that's why Rabbi Yudah says, I don't want to get involved with that. Recite the bracha while the Torah is open. 
when Aliyah has already concluded, when you know there's no inconvenience anyway, you can't just jump in and start reading anyway, someone else is called to the Torah, etc. So now there's no there's no downside to, 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 to accepting the opinion of Rabbi Meir. How does we pass in Halakha Lamaise? Explains the Shulchan Aruch. As we saw, every person who gets an Aliyah makes a bracha beforehand, makes a bracha after then. You have to open the Sefer Torah and see where you're going to recite the bracha from, uh, start reading from. Shulchan Aruch says explicitly, you make the bracha with the Torah open, but afterwards you close the Sefer Torah and then you and then you recite the after bracha. Says the Ramah. Now remember, Rabbi Meir's concern was that basically, if you say the bracha when the Torah is open, people are going to think that it's written. So the Ramah comes up with a solution. On the one hand, the Ramah paskins that you should recite the bracha with the Torah open because of Tircha Ditsibura, and we don't want to waste time and get and, and, and get the uh, inconvenience people. However, says the Ramah, I'm still a bit concerned for the, the opinion of Rabbi Meir, but I can get around that. So this is often you see people when they give a broch, when they say reciting the broch on their aliyah, they turn their heads and say, like that, right? They turn their heads. And which side, to which side should you do? Meaning, don't look into the Zayvatara, turn your head. So that a bystander looking at you will realize that you're not reading from the Sefer Torah. Venireli, the Yafoch Panav small. The Ramah says you should put your, you should face your head to the left. The reason why you face your head to the left is because the Shekhinah is on the right. So meaning the the, the Shekhinah is on the other side. So when you're turning to the left, you're turning to the Shekhinah. Um, it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a slightly um, sometimes um, inconvenient for the Balkore because the Balkore is standing right next to you. So it, it would be very convenient to turn your hand to the right and then you can scream. You turn your head to the left, if you turn your head to the left, you're like screaming in the Balkore's ear and, you know, there might be a little bit of spittle and things like that. It's, it's, uh, it sometimes is an inconvenience. I've tried it many times. It's easier to do it to, 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 to put your head to the right than the left. But the Ramah says you should do it to the uh, you should do it to the left. There are opinions that say you should do it to the right. Anyway, says the uh, says the Mishnah Bura, you um, let's just read this Mishnah Bura. Yeah, So you should turn your head. Sphere like this opinion holds the came into the like a of the Sibura. Over here, there's no inconvenience to the community. Oh, if there's no downside, let me worry, be concerned about the opinion of Rabbi Meir. And why turn your head to the left? Because the right of Akash Baruch Hu is standing opposite you. The canals we've seen in Siman Kuf Chafkimah. 
Yesh achronim shakru, tavichat panav, and all achron. That when you turn your head, it's not good. Why? The mar'e atzmok ki'ilu enoma varech hamashi yikra, rakal midi acharini. The hamasalek panav imenu. Looks like he's, he's like making a brocha on something else because um, he's trying to turn his face away from the Sayyidina. The Yotar told According to Samachronim, it is better not to turn your head away, but rather to close your eyes. So when a person looks at you, they will notice that basically you are not reading from the Sefer Torah. There's no Havamina that you're reading from the Sefer Torah. Okay. Now, um, what about the actual uh, bracha? How does it go? So the Hagiot Maimoniot says, Vera'uilomar barchuet Hashem. Ushar brachot elu bakol ram. Shishma'u ha'am v'yanu acharam. When a person gets an aliyah, he should say it loudly that people can can respond. And the Shulchan Aruf rules us. Omer brachot ram. This is one of the brachot that have to be said out loud. We know that birkat kwanim is also something that has to be said in a loud projected voice. Va'amrim balachash to'eh. And those who say it quietly make a mistake. And the opinions that say that if you said it too soft, you actually have to repeat the brocha again. Says the Ramah. And so how people go to answer if they didn't hear you say Baruch Hashem. Now, this happens quite frequently in many truths. The person getting the aliyah said the bracha, he said it quite silently. But the Gabai standing next to him in the in the bima, he answers. You hear the Gabai. What should you do in this situation? You didn't hear the person getting the aliyah who made the bracha, but you heard the Gabai answering. Are you allowed to answer or not? Even though you've heard the Gabai answering, do not say Baruch Hashem Umarach Lohan Rather, you hear the Chazan say Baruch Hashem Umarach Lohan You want to Amen. Okay. Another din that we find, and that is, what do you do with your hands when you get a, when you get an Aliyah? Uh, where are your hands meant to be? Says the Gemari Masechet Sukkot Memalef. Tanya Rabliyeza Rabalazabar Tzadok Omer. A bright tells us the following description of Anche Yerushalayim. This was the minag of the people of Jerusalem. Adam Talking about on Sukkot, a person would leave his house carrying his lulav. Sometimes you see this today, even in Yerushalayim. People walk around with their lulav and etrog all day. He's going to the Beit Knesset. He's still holding his lulav. When he's saying Kriyatma, when he's dabbing the Amida, he's still holding on to his Luna. However, when you are reading the Torah and when you are 
doing Birkat Kohanim, you happen to be a Kohen, Menicho Agabe Karka. At that time, oh, that's different. Then you place it on the floor. Why is that? We'll see in a moment. But let's see the Gemara, the Shukhan Arpaz, the Sefer Torah Bishat Bracha. This is the reason why did the brighter say you put down your lulav when you are uh, when you're reading the Sefer Torah? The Mordechai, one of the Rishonim, explains because you have to hold the Sefer Torah, and that's how the Shulchan Paskins Torah Bracha. The time you're saying the bracha, you need to hold on to the Sefer Torah. Says the Ramah. It says that the Sefer HaTorah Hazeh, this Sefer Torah, implying that you are holding on to it. So that's also why we also say at the end of the end of the Aliyahs, etc. Chazak Vehmatz. Now the Mishnah Brewer explains. What they call the uh, You should hold on to the wooden parts. According to the Shulchan Aruch, you just need to hold on to the Torah when you're saying the bracha. But according to the Bach and the Taz, one needs to hold on to the Sefer Torah the entire time that one is uh, reading the Torah or getting an aliyah. There's such a, some minag that some people actually hold the leather clap through a, through a tissue or through some type of garment. Uh, there's a minag to kiss the same Torah. Okay. Now, a very no, not so common, but it does happen. And that is people get mixed up between the two brachot. We know that the first bracha is Hashem Bachar Banu, And the second bracha is Hashem Natan Lanu. So what happens if you mix them up? There's a Mishabura. In Taba Birkata Torah Patrach Hashem Natan Lanu, Bim Hashem Bachar Banu. Someone got confused. Said Hashem Natan Lanu instead of the opposite. In this card, Kolem Shamar Hashem, Meachatima. If he before he gets to the end of the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Notena Torah. Right? If it, if he if he remembers before he got to Hashem, Baruch Atah. In such a case, Yachin Ma'asher Bachar Banu. He goes back to Hashem Bachar Banu. Bin Kfar Amar Baruch Atah Hashem. But if he's already said Baruch Atah Hashem, Afshe Adain Lo Amar Notena Torah. Although he hasn't concluded the bracha. He should complete that bracha. Now that's a big chidush. Says Mishabur. In the event that someone made a mistake, and they said Hashem Atanlanu in the beginning before, instead of Hashem Bachavanu, if you've reached the point of no return, the point of no return is when you've said Shem Hashem. In the concluding bracha, even without the words, it's too late. And then the first, when you conclude the bracha, you say, that is the psaq of the Mishnah Brura.
Okay. How does one approach the bima, and where does sorry. one return from the bima, and when can one leave the bima? Yes. Can I just ask? Sorry. Um, is, yes. I've always seen the minhag that it's when um, before one makes the bracha, someone kisses a sefer Torah over talus on if they've got mappa. If it's like a uh, mincha, they're not wearing a talus. It hasn't mentioned that at all. So before before the before well, they the, make the bracha, Torah, they they kiss before, before they make. The bracha, they kiss before the they finish the bracha. No, before they make the bracha. They kiss the Sefer Torah. Yeah, they kiss the Sefer Torah before they make the bracha. The Mishnah brings the, the minak to kiss it afterwards, but I imagine there are many minakim to kiss it before and to kiss it after. And uh, I saw a big rab uh, when he was putting away his tefillin, literally kissed it 30 times. Well, before he, when he took it off, before he put it in the box, while he was wrapping it up, he kissed it again. Before he put it in the thing, he kissed it again. Then he took out the other one, kissing it the whole time. So it's chavivut mitzvah, but it's a minag that uh, different Jews have taken upon themselves, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not an obligation at all. And the minag brought down Mishnah is to kiss the Sefer Torah afterwards. Okay, but I imagine okay. there are different. Okay, now this is. A, uh, two things that I want to, want to highlight over here. The question is how one approaches the bima, and the second question is, um, and the second question is, how long does one have to remain at the bima? Okay, so those are the two questions that we'll deal with. The first is the question brought down by the Trumatadeshin. Trumatadeshin was asked, When I get an aliyah, the Migdal was like the Bima, right? The, the, the raised, uh, anyone who's gone to Tzfat and who's seen the Shul of Rabbi Yosef Karo understands what a Migdal is. It's literally, there was like a tower in the middle of the Shul because uh, that's where the Chazan, uh, that's where they read the Sefer Torah from. It was, it was literally very high up. Anyway, we call it a Bima today. In go from the, the, the east, I go from the west. How do I do this? Says the tradition. The shortest way point from me to get to the bima, that is how I approach it. Now you often have bimas, especially in more modern day shuls, where you can have like an opening on three sides, from the back, from the right, and from the left. So if you're sitting on the right-hand side of the shul, the best way to approach the bima is to go from the right, meaning go there. It's the shortest way. But I leave from another opening. I take the long route back. Why do I do that? We know that a person who enters the Beit HaMikdash, to enter, you take the shortest route possible, but to leave, you take the long route. Why? Because when you're going to do the mitzvah, you want to show that you're excited to do the mitzvah, so you do take the shortest route possible. But when you're leaving the mitzvah, you don't want to chas v'sholem be seen as if you are, you know, running away from the mitzvah, as if you're like running away from work and things like that. No, you got to, so you take the longer route. Um, the, the, the Beit Yosef brings down one of the equal equal uh, equidistant 
עולה בפתח שלנו בדרך ימין. Says the Beit Yosef, we'll then go from the right, because we have a cloud, כל פינות שאתה פונה לא יהיו אלא דרך ימין. לגמרי, יומן says that every way a person chooses, you should go to the right. ויורד בפתח שנקנגדו, and he should go down on the פתח that is opposite him. אוקיי, בסדר. And there's a mitzvah to go from a different, from the different side. איזה שולחן ארוך, העולה למגדל, עולה בפתח שהוא לא בדרך קצרה ממקומו, וירד מהמגדל בדרך אחרת שהוא לא בדרך ארוכה עד מקומו. Quoting the Tremat Adeshen, shortest route possible to the beta, to the pima, longest route possible when you're leaving. Then you go through Yamin. Okay, very good. There's the Mishnah Burra. Why do I have to take the shortest way possible? And here the Mishnah Burra adds, Mishum Kvod Atzibur, Shelo Yamtinu Alav Harbeg. We don't want people to, to spend lots of time and the whole community is waiting. This often happens that people are waiting because they need to find a talus. Person gets an aliyah. Oh, I need to find a talus. Starts walking around looking for a talus. Yeah, yeah. Zelo, it's not for Seda. If a person uh, if a person knows he's gonna get an aliyah and he he's not gonna just take the talus from the gabai at the at the uh, at the what's it called at the bima, so he should organize it beforehand. But if it's uh, going to be quick, then it's not a problem. But we see that that this idea of keeping the community waiting is is very very important to Chazal in halacha, and we we try not to do it. Okay, so he says mishum right? kvod and also there's a second element of kvod right? in order to show his endearment towards it that he wants to read it. So, because we don't, when you leave, you take a longer way because we don't want people to think that uh, that we uh, that we should go on the same uh, that, that we view it as an all. Now, the yared betedach shekenegdo, you go from a different side. And they actually brought the pasuk in Yecheskel. Says he don't return by the way of the gate where you entered. Right? So uh, now based on this, this is also a halacha in terms of not only the bima, but it's also a halacha in terms of the Beit Knesset itself. That, um, that if there are two entrances, it is preferable to go out from the other way. In fact, when Rav, um, Rav Kanievsky, um, when they, they made a special life, he could hardly walk. So the Talmidim, they made a special ramp that went directly from his house to the shul. So he wouldn't have to go down the stairs and up the stairs. So they built this uh, ramp and, uh, and obviously a lot of engineering and money thing. So he went in by the ramp into the uh, into the shul, and then at the end of the shul, they see him going down the stairs, and they said, "Rabbi, what are you doing? Did you forget? We just built a ramp. You can go out that door." 
He said, no, but the Shulchan Aruch says you should go, you shouldn't go out from the same, the same way you came in. So that was Rabbi Kanievsky. He didn't want to, even though it was very difficult for him uh, to walk down and up the stairs, etc. And, and later on, they fixed it that they put two doors on the on the special ramp. So you could go in through the one door and, and leave through the other door, but still use the ramp so you wouldn't have to go up and down the stairs. But until they did that, she puts. He was Macbeth to still walk down the stairs. Okay, so that's just a, a side, side halacha. Oh, let's uh, see a halachot brought down by the Yalkut Sefer. However, Sefer Torah, he should stand to the rock of the Chazan of the Shaliach Tzibor. Doesn't make a difference what his status is. Even if he's reading it by himself. If someone, if the Baal, if you are the only person who's also getting the Aliyah and also the, the, the person who's the Baal Kore, you need a Gabai to stand next to you. You just need one Gabai next to you. Just as the, the the Torah was given with an emissary, I Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So we also want to lack an emissary. However, Minagenu, referring to the Minag of the of the Svarim, Shashaliach Tzibro made bim komo betzad small. The Shaliach Tzibro stands on the left. Vezeh omed leyado omed bim mino, and the person who gets Aliyah stands on the right. And the meaning of the Svaradim is that he, he reads the Sefer Torah when he's standing upright, not leaning. Then he says, If a person's father or rabbi gets an aliyah, Minag is to stand while they get an aliyah. You remain standing until they go back to their seat. Right, and definitely when he's on his way walking, and definitely that he for those of you who were with me. When we dealt with laws of reading during COVID, and can you get an aliyah uh, when you were standing far away from the Sefer Torah? And we discussed this at length, uh, and I've written an article about it in the it's in the COVID volume, I think. Um, there is an opinion of the Rosh, the famous opinion of the Rosh, that basically the person who is not who, who says a brachot, even though there's a Baal Korea reading. The person who said the brachot should mouth the word silently with him. And why should he do that? Because otherwise it's a bracha, he's choshesh, he's concerned that it might be considered a bracha levatala. Uh, we saw other opinions there of the Rishonim that were not so uh, choshesh for this. Uh, perhaps Shomea Kohone, the general principle of Shomea Kohone, and we discussed 
does Shomer Kohanir apply? Why wouldn't it apply in the, in the Birkat Torah? Or why would it apply in Birkat Torah? And uh, many, many uh, ink has been spilt about the concept of, of Shomer Kohanir. But here, the Shulchan Aruch, as opposed to the Ramah, the Shulchan Aruch was makbid like the, like the Rosh. And so Rabovad Yosef is following in that vein. He should read, I'll say, at least three psukim, mitoch sefer atra, yachalim ha-shaliach tzibor, ve'eno yachol l'atzet yedei chova b'shmiya b'yobad, sh'ashaliach tzibor mitam shomea kone. And we do not apply the principle of shomea kone, the b'kriyat sefer atra she'ena chovat yachid, lo amrinan shomea kone. When it comes to the reading of the sefer Torah, which is not a personal obligation, we do not apply the principle of shomea kone, v'im e'no kore b'lacha sh'takriya, if you don't read together with the Balkore, you might be considered a bracha levatala. Again, this is the shit of the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah seems to be a bit more meikul. You should tell people that they should follow together with the Balkore reading with him. Okay. The uh, top. That is the conclusion of Kriyatat Torah. So next week, Bezrat Hashem will start the uh, the next uh, phase, and that is Tachnon, Ashrei, and Uvalitzion. All of that is the final section of, of section of Yilchot Shachrit. And by that, Bezrat Hashem, the week after, maybe we'll do Yilchot Rosh Hashanah. Yes, Can I just ask a question regarding Kriyata Torah? Yes. I recently had the privilege of teaching my grandson, he's been Mr. Sedra, and stood by his side, and I was very, very tempted to prompt him at various stages. Would I have been allowed to do so? Yes. Ah, simply you can do, yeah? Okay. I should have done. <laughs> Takes a lot of tension away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking about not, not with, with hand signs, which you see many people do, but actually uh, with vocal signs. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem as long as he reads it afterwards. As long as he reads it, I would correct it. Okay, yeah. very good. Good to know. Ta -da. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, I to everybody. Sure, Have a great everybody. day. Do well. Thanks Go. very much. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. Bye.